Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. I figured today's episode would be as good a time as any to update my opening day roster predictions. I made one already a couple weeks ago, but a couple of things have changed based on comments out of spring training and what's happened or rather hasn't happened in free agency. So we're going to update that since some guys are throwing down in clear water right now. And also, we have 41 days till opening day. So a fun countdown and we got a blast from way back in the past on today's countdown pick. So all of that on today's episode of Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is another episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. So I figured it was time to update the opening day roster predictions, because I put together the first version of this. Let me see if I got a date on this back on the 11th of January. So it's been over a month now. And I want to look at how things have shifted. There haven't been many big signings for the Philadelphia Phillies prior to this alteration of my predictions, but a couple things have changed. And in some ways, nothing happening has made me a little bit different feeling on uh, what's going on with the opening day roster. So let's break it down. We're going to start with the position players, as we always do. Next segment, we'll get into the pitchers, and I'll explain why each of these guys are making the team according to me. Uh, And then we have our opening day countdown as well. Uh, So first and foremost, one thing that's never going to change. We're going to start putting locks on guys, right? Uh, Barring any injury or major trade that we don't see coming, which doesn't seem likely, Uh, I'm going to put the little lock emoji in my notes next to a certain name. So the catching position, JT Romuto, Garrett Stubbs, both locked in. That's two of 26 right there. You don't even have to think twice about that. Those guys are going to be on the opening day roster. They just are. The infield is basically all locks. Harper, lock at first base. Stott, lock at second base. Like no reason to believe that any of these guys, Turner at short, uh, Bohm, at third, Edmundo Sosa as the utility guy. Nothing to believe that any of those guys are not going to be the options. There's one thing that's kind of interesting uh, in the infield, and I don't think it's going to happen, but Derek Hall is still a guy that you consider as a power option at the major league level. Uh, I don't have Derek Hall on the initial prediction, but what I did have, something that I'm changing, is I had the infield guys listed as Harper, Stott, Turner, Bohm, Edmundo Sosa coming off the bench, and then I had impending infield free agent. And that was meant to be more a utility free agent. I'm actually removing that from the infield. I think that I know what the Philadelphia Phillies are planning on doing, and I think it has to do with carrying uh, six outfielders rather than five like I had. So the infield, yeah, it's going to look a little bit 
little little thin. Think about it. If what happens with the outfield, like I think is what's going to happen with the outfield, your infield is Bryce Harper, still like less than a year removed from his Tommy John recovery. I think he's fine, but I'm just saying like Bryson Stott, Trey Turner, Alec Bohm, Edmundo Sosa. Those are durable guys, at least over the course of their careers. But one of those dudes goes down and all of a sudden Edmundo Sosa is playing every day and you don't have another backup in the infield. And you're going to have to call someone up. It, it's not ideal, but there's not a lot of infield depth for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's why they got Diego Castillo. That's why they got Rodolfo Castro. Uh, those guys will start the year at AAA, but they have major league experience. So we'll see how that all plays out. But they're not quite to the level of Edmundo Sosa, so I doubt they'll make the major league roster. I just look at that and I say, infield, a little bit thin. Feel a little light right now, just as I look at it. Great players, depth questionable. That's kind of the mantra of the Philadelphia Phillies, though, for the past couple of years. Now, where is that extra roster spot going? Because I told you that I'm removing the impending free agent that I put there, like tentatively, in the version one of the opening day roster. Well, that player is moving to the outfield. So previously in the outfield, I had Kyle Schwarber, who's going to be de-aging for you. He's another one of those guys that's just an absolute lock. Nick Castellanos, your starting right fielder, lock. Brandon Marsh, starting left fielder, lock. Johan Rojas, starting center fielder, question mark. Um, he's not a lock yet. He's not. Marsh, Castellanos, and Schwarber all are. They're all going to be on the major league roster, especially considering like how People have been talking about Marsh's procedure, especially Rob Thompson. It sounds like that's a non-issue. So he'll, he'll be fine. Ross still up in the air. He's got to earn his spot. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, but for now, I'm projecting that he's absolutely going to make the team, and I even think he's going to be the starting center fielder. But with Marsh's injury, there are going to be opportunities in spring training. I thought that by now the Philadelphia Phillies would make a move in the outfield, but they haven't. So, outside of Rojas, Jake Cave is still on here. He was on here from my original prediction, but I had Christian Pache not making the team because I assumed that they were going to one-up him by going out and getting someone in free agency. I don't have that assumption anymore. I don't know that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to go out and add to the outfield. They want to, but it doesn't seem like they have guys that are willing to play a backup role to be the fourth or fifth outfielder on this team. Everyone in free agency still is focused on finding ways for them to start. Now, I talked a little bit about a rumor that Whit Merrifield, who was an all-star last year uh, in Toronto, like I, I look at him and I say, there's a rumor he's coming to the Phillies. It doesn't make sense to me, but if they do it, that would totally change everything that's going on. He could be an everyday player in the outfield. He could be a super replacement off the bench. Uh, he's versatile. He can play a little bit of infield. So that's what you'd want if you're signing somebody. Like, that's what you're looking at, right? Here's why it's so important that if the Philadelphia Phillies sign a player, they are full service utility, not just outfield utility, not just infield utility, full service utility. Because you're thin depth-wise in the infield. And outfield, you have a little bit more depth that you feel comfortable with. But still, like you'd want an upgrade out there. So you want to upgrade on the outfield position. You want to make sure the infield 
has a little bit more depth that you trust in case one of those guys goes down for an extended period of time. That's why I wanted that. But I just, as the days pass, maybe I'm getting antsy because free agency is a game of chicken. And I guess I wouldn't be a very good GM because I'm getting antsy. I'm saying, well, I don't think the Phillies are going to sign an outfielder. So I'm just going to roll with Schwarber, Castellanos, Marsh, Yohan Roas, Jake Cave, and Christian Pache when it comes to what you're doing in the outfield. Uh, I think that this is going to be very similar to last season. And in fact, those guys, uh, they're basically, that's the exact roster that you went into the NLCS with, at least from position player point of view. That's just kind of how it works. And I'm not expecting much different at this point, but Rojas is not a lock. Cave is not a lock. Pache is not a lock. If there's a change coming, it's going to be in the outfield. It's going to be based on a free agency signing that I don't see coming still, but there are still guys available, and that's the main difference to be made. So we have, what, two, five, seven, and then another one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, what's seven plus six? Thirteen. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not a big math guy, as you can tell. Uh, Thirteen spots down on the opening day roster version two. Let me update this to version two in my notes. And the position players are looking exactly how they looked last year. But will the pitchers look any different? There are some changes that have to be made to the pitchers based on my initial version of the opening day roster projection as well. We'll get into that coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about Backblaze. How does this sound? How would you like to have unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year? Unlimited. How often? Because it happens to me all the time. Do you get a notification? iCloud full. Storage full. You don't have enough space to back up your phone. All that stuff. I mean, data goes out of there so quickly, you use it up without even realizing. You can easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. So you can just have one person control it, makes it really easy for businesses, protect all the data on your machines automatically. It's super easy to deploy across multiple workstations. You got various deployment options, ways to integrate this data into your software. And I mean, Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. This is like the best way to protect your data for your company. And you can access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using their web app. You don't have to be on one of your main computer's interfaces. You get one-year file retention and version history. And there have been over five, sorry, not five. <laughs> no, silly me, thinking five billion. No, over 55 billion files restored for customers. They do it all. Backblaze is great. It's the best place to store your files. Visit backblaze.com slash MLB so they know where you came from. And you can continue to support the show. Uh, they're recommended by the New York Times, uh, Mac World, PC World, LifeWire, Tom's Got, anything that writes about computers has recommended Backblaze. Uh, they're absolutely awesome. And again, you can receive a fully featured, no risk, free trial at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. So go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times and start today. All right, let's get into the pitchers on the uh, second version of my opening day roster projection. So here's what I had last time. The starting rotation was Wheeler, Walker, Nola, Suarez, Sanchez. We know that already. 
Then in the bullpen, Soto, Dominguez, Alvarado, Strom, Hoffman, and Kirkering all got spots. And that is six bullpen members out of a supposed eight bullpen members, unless they go with the six-man rotation, which I haven't heard anything about. So what I had was two impending free agents in the bullpen. We'll get to that, but that's changing a little bit. It's been a month since I made these initial projections. I was expecting, I was expecting, I should say, a uh, much busier free agency than what we've had. Not like a crazy busy one, but it has been ice cold on the hot stove this year. A lot of people saying this is one of the weirder off seasons in baseball they've ever seen. Well, that changes by projections, obviously. Let's just talk about the starting rotation for a little bit. And let's actually assign some numbers here because Wheeler's going to be your number one pitcher. Uh, I understand Aaron Knoll is probably going to get opening day again. How could he not? The emotion of getting the contract and everything, bringing it back. But make no mistake, Zach Wheeler is the best pitcher on the Philadelphia Phillies right now. Bullpen, starter, anything. Knoll is your number two. Simple. He'll get the opening day start most likely, but he's still he's number two in the rotation. And then it's Ranger Suarez at number three. He's got to be. The playoff success speaks for itself. Uh, anytime you can have that. And also the hope for Ranger Suarez is that he's going to be healthy. All these guys locks to make the team, by the way. The whole starting rotation locks. Well, Tywin Walker's a lock to make the team just simply because he asked it. Like, the amount of money you're paying him, the deal he's on, he's going to be in the starting rotation. He is. But if the Phillies make some type of move, Christopher Sanchez could be switched to the bullpen and moved out of his spot in the fifth spot in the rotation. So maybe if they sign somebody, maybe if they trade for somebody, you're looking at Christopher Sanchez going to the bullpen or going down to AAA. So I'm not going to put a lock by him just yet, but he's probably locked into the roster. I just don't know that he's locked into starting in case a move is made. But you've probably got the same exact starting five as what you had at the end of the 2023 season. Remember, by that point, Michael Lorenzo has shifted to the bullpen. It was Walker. It was Sanchez. It was Suarez. It was Wheeler. It was Nola. And that's how it's going to stay. Again, boring offseason for the Philadelphia Phillies, but that is what it is. They had success last year, 90 games last year. I feel comfortable with this team and where they're at going into pitchers. Well, not pitchers and catchers. The rest of the team reporting to spring training. And some guys are already down there. Like Bryson Stott's already down there tossing uh, with Trey Turner. I digress. The pitchers, at least in the starting rotation, I don't see changing. I think that's going to be the five you roll with into the regular season. But the bullpen, we're going to change things a little bit, right? There are a couple of guys. One, two, three, four. There are five guys that are absolute locks in the bullpen. Gregory Soto's a 100% lock. He's going to be here. He's going to be on the Major League roster, as is Saranthi Dominguez, as is Jose Alvarado, as is Matt Strom, and, believe it or not, as is Jeff Hoffman, right? You would seem to say, okay, well, Jeff Hoffman didn't even break camp with the team this past year. How is he a lock to make it? His season was just so incredible. This past year, there's no way he doesn't make the roster. Uh, there's no way Jeff Hoffman is not in your opening day bullpen. That would be negligent of the Philadelphia Phillies, and they're not a negligent organization. So that's five guys locked down. Soto, Dominguez, Alvarado, Strom, Hoffman, which means you have three spots remaining. So Orion Kirkering is going to get first swing at those three spots. He's probably, I'm saying probably, going to be locked into a bullpen spot by like halfway through spring training. 
if he has one or two good outings, that's all the Phillies are going to need to see to say, okay, you're one of our guys in the bullpen. That only gets you to six, but you're not quite there yet simply because he's so young and he struggled in the postseason and the Phillies want to get a better look at him. The other guys are all stone-cold locks. Orion Kirkering is like you've locked it, but you haven't spun the wheel around the dial on the lock yet to mess up so people don't know the combination. That's how close he is. He's like right there to locking in a spot in the bullpen. So I feel good that Orion Kirkering is going to do that. No doubt in my mind he's going to be on the opening day roster, which is why I'm keeping him on the roster predictions. I'm just not putting him as a stone-cold lock. And then we get to the two spots that were previously held for impending free agents. And here's where this gets interesting, right? So we talked about multiple times this offseason the players that the Philadelphia Phillies are looking to acquire having one thing in common. They have minor league options. They have the option to be sent down if they need to and called back up and, you know, have the clear waivers and all that stuff. The Phillies have made a couple moves to bring in some more guys with minor league options because they didn't have a lot of guys with options like that. And here are some of the names for guys that have one minor league option remaining that the Phillies would probably like to have to round out the back part of that bullpen. So Nick Nelson has one minor league option remaining. Colby Allard, who the Philadelphia Phillies signed, has one minor league option remaining. Uh, Max Castillo, a guy that the Phillies picked up off waivers. Michael Rucker, uh, another guy that was recently acquired by the team, has one remaining. Junior Marte uh, has one remaining. Now, I'll give one guy a spot right now based on where we're at. There could still be a free agent acquisition, so we'll see. If so, I'm just going to say I was right because I had it in my first version. (laughs) But I'm going to give Nick Nelson a roster spot. I think Nick Nelson is a guy that this team sneaky really likes. Rob Thompson talked about him in his media availability. He didn't list a lot of pitchers by name. But when Rob Thompson spoke to the media, he said Nick Nelson looked really good. And that's just from a bullpen throwing 20 pitches. I don't know. He did something that impressed. I think Nick Nelson – well, I know he got opportunities to start games last year in spring training. I think that's a sign that they kind of trust him more than your average guy that was in the minors for most of last year. So uh, I'm putting Nick Nelson on the 26-man roster, and I'm leaving one spot for impending free agent two. I still think the Philadelphia Phillies are going to make a move. I think they have to. they got to go get somebody. Yeah, it, it could be I'm also going to put in or trade in parentheses back here behind that because there have been talks about Kenley Jansen potentially getting traded, the Phillies making that move. Well, that would change things there. But I feel good enough to say that Nick Nelson is going to get a look at the 26-man roster. I think he's going to cash in. We've seen some good work at the major league level from before. I like him better than Dylan Covey. Covey. I like him better than Junior Marte. Um, Listen, I like it better than Connor Brogdon. By the way, Covey and Brogdon, both out of minor league options. So if they don't make the team, they got to go through waivers. So that's going to be, some people believe, an asset for them to try and force the Phillies to put them in those final two spots. I say that Nick Nelson might go out there and take it. And if you're going to trade for someone better, don't put bad guys on your team because they're out of options. Like, pick the best players. Deal with the contract situation later. That's at least how I feel. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. That is another interesting thing about it is the amount of options that these guys have. But that's version 2.0 of my opening day roster 
predictions. We'll keep those coming as we draw deeper into spring training. And let me know in the comments what you think. If I missed anybody, if any of my logic is off, feel free to let me know. Uh, coming up as we wrap up today's episode, it's time for day number 41 in the opening day countdown. And this is a, uh, a blast from the past for basically everybody <laughs> on this uh, this next pick in the countdown. We'll get into it as we wrap up Locks on Phillies. First, let me tell you about FanDuel, right? You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. You got quick bets. You got live same-game parlays. You got exclusive props. And there's plenty more. You can bet the normal stuff, money line, over-under, spread, you can look at the futures bets for awards and championships, all kinds of great stuff on FanDuel. Listen, FanDuel is awesome. The interface is easy. The payouts come quick. It's the best sports book out there. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. All right, opening day countdown number 41. So, Yesterday, we had 42, so we gave some love to uh, Jackie Robinson. And also, uh, we gave a little bit of love to Randy Wolf, or sorry, Greg Luzinski. Randy Wolf, 443. I'm an idiot. Uh, Greg Luzinski wore the number uh, for a year back in the day with the Philadelphia Phillies. I saw some comments, by the way, about wow, uh, it felt like he played here longer when we talked about Randy Wolf. Remember, these years I'm giving you are the years they were, wore the jersey number. So there could be different jersey numbers that they wore in their time here. For example, one of the guys that wore 41 for the Philadelphia Phillies, as we're on to day number 41, was Brett Myers. Now here, it's only 2002 he wore that. Then he wore 39 for the rest of his time here in Philadelphia. And he was here for a while. Brett Myers, a great pitcher, actually should be in contention for uh, for what we're looking at for this uh, best Philly ever to wear number 41. Uh, I mean, recently uh, – Jairo Munoz wore 41 back in 2022. Carlos Santana, uh, man, you remember those days. Uh, 2018, he was number 41 for the Philadelphia Phillies. A couple other names that uh, stick out to me. Um, Jimmy Paredes in 2016. Gavin Floyd in 2004. But the one we're going to go with here is from way back in 1960. He wore the number 41 from 1960 to 1972 for the Philadelphia Phillies. His name was Chris Short. Um, so Chris Short was an all-star in 64, was an all-star in 67. Listen to this stretch from 1964 to 1968. 17 wins in 64, 18 wins in 65, 20 wins in 66, only nine wins in 1967, but he was an all-star. 19 wins in 1968. Over that five-year stretch, he cleared 17 wins four times. <laughs> That's insane. Plus, he's got like sub three ERAs in basically all of those seasons. The guy was a monster, an absolute monster. One of the best lefties in Philadelphia Phillies history. Obviously not the best lefty because that would be Steve Carlton. But absolutely, you got to go with Chris Short here. I never watched him play, clearly. Um, maybe some of you out there remember watching him play or listening to him play if you were listening on the radio back in those days. But that's a monster stretch, and there aren't a lot of great options at 41. So we're going to give it to Chris Short just to show you I got range. It's not just all the recent guys now. You thought I was going to pick Carlos Santana? 
No, come on. We're going to pick the best. And it's Chris Short for today's opening day countdown. So there you have it. Um, that's all for today's episode, and that's all for this week's episode. So appreciate you being with us for another week of Locked on Phillies. Um, I'm going to put out a Mailbag Monday tweet over the weekend so you can respond with questions from Monday's episode. Uh, please, we've had Sean Fitzpatrick. I've answered his question a bunch of times. I like Sean. Great listener, great follower of the program. But I want to get to more of your questions. So please make sure you're uh, you're asking me stuff. And ask me stuff in the YouTube comments, too. I will get to those as well as we do Mailbag Monday on Monday's episode. And we'll continue our opening day countdown, all that great stuff. Pitchers and catchers are playing catch. We're officially into baseball season. And this is our first weekend where I can say, enjoy the baseball over the weekend. And I'll let you know uh, what goes on with the Philadelphia Phillies on Monday's episode. So I will talk to you next time. Oh, by the way, thank you, of course. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There we go. I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.